Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today's story is one that is very close to my heart, and I'm sure a lot of you will resonate with this story. You see, I was on Twitter a few weeks ago, and I read this devastating fact that only 3% of children who go into foster care actually come out with a degree. Now, I was very, very excited and I actually remember jumping up in bed when I reached out to this individual and I got an instant response because I congratulated Tiana having read that she was one of those 3% who actually graduated and so she's effectively gone from foster care to Goldman Sachs, which is um, the company who have actually taken her on. And I was so proud of her, yet at this time I had no idea who she was, I knew nothing about her personality. Now the reason it touched my heart is because four of my siblings have come from the foster care system and it's something where I try and be an advocate for them, maybe through this show, maybe in personal life as well, where I want them to know that there are no limits and no boundaries on what you can achieve in life. And Tiana is a shining example of that and I hope you genuinely enjoy this episode because you see a girl here with so much passion and enthusiasm for wanting to change the world. She's also from New York so it was always great to get somebody from overseas on here and also to give them a platform where hopefully this can help her in terms of raising her profile, inspiring other children. But I urge you to stay towards the end of the show because she says something that's really really important and it really made me think after releasing this show because obviously titles are important and getting you guys to listen to the stories and engage is important. And she says something at the end that really made me think about how she wants to be remembered. So hopefully you enjoy it. Without further ado, we're going to jump straight into it. And just let me know your thoughts in relation to her final words. Thank you. Okay, welcome to the show. And today I am very grateful to have Tiana on the show today, somebody who I actually reached out to very recently, uh, having seen her story. So firstly, I just want to welcome Tiana to the show. Tiana, welcome. And how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Blessed and highly favored. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you as well. Thank you. Now, Tiana is actually from New York, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, I'm from New York, but I currently go to college in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, fantastic. So I think it's really important, obviously, for the listeners of this show to hear a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about your story, because for me personally, I've got a soft spot for your story. But I think let's tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So I'm Tiana. I was born and raised in New York, um, and I currently attend college, Stoneman College, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so I didn't really get here the easier traditional way. Mm-hmm. I was actually placed into foster care when I was in high school, my freshman year of high school. Um, and with that came a lot of baggage. There were court dates. There were therapy dates. There was just there's so much baggage that came along with being placed into foster care. And it kind of discouraged me a little bit um, from applying to my top choice, which was Spelman. I kind of just wanted to stay in New York, just relax, just just get out and and kind of just just be me. Um, and initially, I, before I was placed in the foster care, 
I had not really told anybody what was going on in my life. I was just um, kind of just going to school, going home, occasionally staying with my aunt sometimes. And finally, I decided to speak up and speak out about what was going on. And that led to me being placed in foster care. And I wasn't in foster care. Um, It's not a typical story where I was placed in foster care at the age of two or something like that. I was placed in foster care at about 14. And I the main goal was to return to parent. So what I had to do was like just go to therapy with my mom, go to therapy um, alone as well, and just work through the issues that were going on. And fortunately, I was able to return to parent. And my mom and I have such a great relationship right now. So have you got any siblings? Yes, um, I do have two sisters who stay in the house with my mom and I. And my father also has um, children. So I have about 10 siblings. Okay. And in terms of going into kinship, i.e. foster care, was that something that was only yourself or was it also the same with your siblings as well? Um, just I was placed into foster care, actually. Okay. Well, I think the positive thing is what you touched on at the end is that you've got a great relationship with your birth mother. Um, how was your stay and experience within foster care? So my experience was, it was good because because it was kinship care, I was able to stay with my aunt. Um, I did have to meet with a social worker um, every week and I did have to do certain things like go to therapy, speak with a life coach. Um, And the foster care agency I was through was actually really amazing. They're the New York family Mm -hmm. um, and they provide they provided everything I could ever need. So I had a therapist, I had a doctor who I could always go to, who was actually located in the same facility as my therapist. Um, and then I had amazing social workers who would come check on me and not only check on me, but make sure that everything with my well-being was okay, make sure that I was mm. mentally okay, and even just take me out and and just talk to me. And also they provided a life coach. It was so amazing because I was able to talk about different goals that I had and being able to to just try and grow as a person. So I think for anyone listening now, uh, Tiana, you probably don't know this yourself. I was actually a, a social worker for a very short amount of time as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So, th- I mean, the reason I reached out to you is obviously I explained earlier, four of my siblings come from the care system. So I gave up my initial job as a project manager to become a social worker to kind of, I suppose, change the world and uh, try and help children in your Mm -hmm. situation or in worse situations I mean I'm sure you've heard the horror stories so um, I have a lot of admiration for social workers sadly I think especially in this country they're they're put under a hell of a lot of stress and it's a very very difficult job so I'm just glad that you managed to get some good social workers who were able to obviously help you help you develop as as you explained earlier so if I may I mean that's given me a little bit about yourself what was you like growing up because for me, I, I think there's got to be personality traits within you that have brought out some level of determination, dedication in terms of going on and achieving a degree. Because I've done a degree and it's no easy feat. So I think firstly, congratulations on that. But Thank you. What was life like growing up? Was it was it difficult or was it just this bad spell around when you turned 14? Um, I had pretty much an average life. I moved around a lot. Um, so I was able to make friends. The bad spell did just happen when I turned 14, and that's when things kind of got different. But as a child, I was always determined. I always knew what I wanted. Um, I I wanted to go to Spelman since I was about seven, mm-hmm. and I knew that I had goals that, that were bigger than 
than being an astronaut or being being something of the such. I knew I wanted to do something that that was going to make a difference in the world. And I, like I currently have my goals and everything. Um, and then when I turned 14, that's when I kind of just was unsure of myself. And I was, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm going to do what I actually want to do. I don't know if I'm going to go to the school I actually want to go to. Um, so that's when I all the, of the kind of negative thoughts set in and crept in. Mm-hmm. And I was able to talk them out like through therapy and everything and kind of just say, well, this is how I feel and this is what I'm going through. And, you know, I had so much, I had so many goals I wanted to accomplish. I had so much in me that I just wanted to get out and spread. And from between the ages of like 14 to 17, it was, it was really hard for me. I was kind of lashing out um, and just not being the person that I was destined to be. Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, firstly, I think, You've got a very wise head for a 21-year-old to be writing down your goals and having such big aspirations. I know when I was 21, the last thing I was thinking about was my goals. It was more about where's the next party or what we're doing tonight. (laughs) So uh, it's nice to know that obviously you, yes, you've been through adversity during the period of 14 to 17. But I think it's important that we stress, especially for the listeners here, that the importance of goal setting and this is something I suppose I do now as a slightly older man is writing down your goals because I think there's a power when you write down your goals and especially yourself you knew that you wanted to spread something else you knew you had these goals where you really wanted to make a difference in the world similar to what I'm trying to do here in this podcast could you share any of those goals if, if you wouldn't mind yes um so my main goal is to actually open a chain of hotels internationally um, starting in Trinidad. I love this. And I want to do hotels because hotels are not going anywhere, um, even with disruptors like Airbnb, VRBO, and things of that nature. Hotels are always going to be around, and they can always adapt to fit onto platforms such as Airbnb. And hotels are something that is that is going to bring in um, a lot of money. And I, and I need, <laughs> I have a goal that needs requires financial stability because once the hotel is thriving i want to be able to put some of that revenue back into the community that the hotel is located in Mm -hmm. about four to five percent of my revenue from that hotel and then i also want to take about six to eight percent of the revenue and bring it back to communities like the one i grew in in new york or some of the communities that i see around atlanta so that way i can create economic stimulation in environments where people don't really have all of the resources they need. So I want to open up job centers, um, recreation centers, and parks so that everyone in the community can benefit from this hotel that I have, rather than, whether they're young or old or unemployed or employed, and just have have a backbone rooted in, in the community, the type of community that I grew up in. Um, and that, that's really my goal. So that way, so, so that way the community that I'm building mm-hmm. in is benefiting and then the community where I came from is benefiting so that there's no one left out. That's so inspiring. That's incredible. I'm sitting here smiling. I mean, I know you can't see me at the minute. I'm just sitting there smiling thinking, she can't be 21. Just hearing that. I mean, that's actually giving me goosebumps because um, there's a couple of things actually I want to touch on that. So firstly, your awareness to the marketplace. So I'm a property investor as well, full time. So I also deal and dabble in Airbnb and Booking.com. So the fact that you're aware of the potential threats to the competition, I say, as a hotel is fantastic. I assume you're going back to Trinidad because that's where your roots are initially? Um, 
I just love Trinidad. Okay. Um, I've had some friends from there who go at least once a year and visit, and I, I've just heard such amazing things. And I know that the hotel industry is booming over there, especially with things like Carnival and okay. um, everything. That's really interesting. And then the fact that you still want to bring that back to where your current community is right now, and that's in New York, I believe. Yes, I want to bring it back to New York, Atlanta, just communities that, that need love. Mm, mm, I love that I love it it's it's funny you said that actually because I wrote um, I was doing one of my Instagram posts this morning and I always try and say like inspirational motivational stuff and a lot of the reasons I, I do that is kind of like my, me talking to myself if that makes sense so I'll throw something out into the atmosphere and it's kind of just me basically trying to motivate myself in that moment if that makes sense and uh, one of the things I said today was like I think it's an old quote is be the change that you want to see in the world and I just get that from you that what you're trying to do is trying to create this almost like a ripple butterfly effect within your community and I just think that's really really inspiring and I'm sure people listening to your story and watching you do these amazing things which I'm I'm confident you're going to do um, I think it'd just be it'd be wonderful to see thank you thank you so much absolutely so I'm quite eager to find out about people in terms of their routine and the reason I'm very sort of focused on routine is because I believe motivation wears very thin in life and I think discipline is very very important especially if you want to achieve substantial goals a bit like yourself so could you just kind of give us a day in the life of Tiana and the kind of things that you do maybe that younger people listening to you now who maybe want to follow your footsteps or take inspiration from your story can perhaps implement all right well (laughs) So my daily routine, um, I'm away at school right now, so I I don't really have the same day to day, but I do start my day the same way every day. And what I do is as soon as I open my eyes, I check the time. And once I, you know, determine if I'm late or something, (laughs) I, um, I get up, I say the same prayer. I say, you know, good morning, God. Thank you for putting life into my body, for breathing air into my lungs, for putting a beat into my heart. And then from that, from there, I go on and I talk to God about different things I want to accomplish throughout the day. I talk to God about my friends, about my family, um, and just different things, uh, just so that I can maintain and continue to strengthen my relationship with God. So after that, um, I get up, find my clothes. Um, I live with my best friend on campus. So typically after I like get up and stretch and everything, I walk into her room. She thanks God for opening eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and we typically, you know, just have like a, a sister chat where we talk. It doesn't matter about what we just talk and we get like energy flowing, happiness flowing, going. Um, and from there, it's just do my daily routine to get ready and everything. And then I go outside and I, you know, I'm in Atlanta. So typically it's sunny. I go outside and I, I sit in the sun um, for as long as I can, just so that I have energy from the sun, just so that I'm happy. Cause you know, it's like instant happiness. Absolutely. Absolutely. You feel it. So I make sure I'm sitting in the sun and I sit in a specific spot on campus directly in front of the Spelman College Mail Center. And I talk to my friends, they'll come join me or something like that. Um, 
And then I just go about my day, stay hydrated, doing random work, random assignments throughout the day. Um, I'm in my senior year currently, so a lot of my a lot of my random day to day assignments are things that um, just kind of the last minute things I need to graduate, like different surveys I have to do, different checklists I have to look at, things like that. Um, and I always make time to spend with my friends, talk to them throughout the day, make sure I'm thanking God throughout the day and focusing on my goals. Like whenever I lose sight of why I'm doing something, just say, you know, Tiana, it's bigger than this. It's more than this. So come on, Tiana, like just keep going. Just keep going. I love that. I love it. That's so powerful. I mean, obviously your day to day is going to change once you fully graduate and then you go into employment. But I think there's certain characteristics you've said there, such as your gratitude and your goals. And obviously that's probably through your connection with God where you sort of portray those. I think that's really, really important. It's something that I've started doing recently myself. I I wake up every morning and I write three things that I'm grateful for. And then I will look at my goals. And I just think, especially in life when, um, life doesn't always go the way we planned just having that rooted at the start of the day it certainly helps uh, move us yes. forward so i think that's really really powerful that you do that so when things are going bad then if we if we just go back to that in that period say for instance where you were 14 to 17 you were feeling lost slightly off track i suppose in your life was this gratitude element of your life something that you kind of sidelined or was it just very difficult with all the turmoil that was going on honestly it wasn't there okay um it wasn't there it was just wake up go to school do Mm. i have court no do i have therapy okay what do i have to do today because like i wanted um for example at sophomore year and the end of freshman year i played sports so I was like, well, can I even go to practice today or do I have to do something else? Mm. Oh, great. I have to do something else. Perfect. Let me just tell coach I can't make it again. Right. And it was just kind of like frustration. Like, you know, I have to do this. I have to do that. All right. I'm just ready to go to bed. I, I just want to go to sleep. Just like the only place I really wanted to be was school. Right. And there would be points where I couldn't go to school because I had to go to court or something. Um and so I had to go to court or maybe the doctor to get checked out or something like that. And all I wanted to do was go to school and have a good time with my friends and see my friends and my favorite teachers. Okay, okay, that's interesting. So again, something I just want to pick out there, the thing that keeps you rooted now and so focused in, in terms of achieving your goals was missing during those few years. Completely missing. Yeah, and this is an important thing. So I always... Uh, when I work with people I try and get them to have some sort of good routine i.e through discipline so for example working out staying hydrated being grateful and I think these things although they might seem tedious at first if you let them slip by the wayside life can kind of become a bit chaotic and I know myself especially when I'm up in the morning I try and get these small wins in first thing in the morning and that certainly helps me I suppose tackle the day and I think you've probably noticed that now more with yourself as well yes okay so just going back to the whole 14 to 17 year old coming out graduating looking at where you are now what would you tell a child who may feel different who may recognize that they're from or they've had to go into kinship or foster care maybe struggling through that level of adversity would you give them any sort of advice or is there anything that you think you could perhaps recommend to them so they don't really lose focus and go down the path I suppose 97% of the other people do where they kind of fall back into the system again yes I definitely have advice 
when you when you start to feel yourself like becoming somebody who you know you're not, that's when you gotta step in and you gotta say, you know what, this is not me. This is not who I am. This is not how I act. And you have to really just catch yourself. You have to you have to be able to to take notice when you're changing. And from that point, that's when you need to start talking to yourself. That's when you need to start writing your goals. That's when you need to start planning things. And once you start planning and once you start talking to yourself and once you start talking to other people as well, that's when things are going to change. Um, you're going to want to set goals. You're going to want to have hope. You're going to want to think long term. One thing that really helped me was thinking long term. I knew that I wanted to get to Spelman. And for for a few years, I did lose sight of Spelman. But once I realized Spelman is where I want to be and I know Spelman is where I want to be, that's when I was able to get the help I needed. That's when I was able to talk to people and do exactly what I needed to do um, to get to Spelman despite like the years I've struggled and the years that I didn't really have what it, what it took to get into Spelman. And you also got to just be prepared because... It's very difficult. It's difficult because it seems like you're all alone. It seems like you're not, you don't have anyone in your corner. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's coming next, but you always have to have hope and you have to have faith. You have to, doesn't matter which God you pray to, you have to have faith and you have to try to establish a relationship. One thing that I can say is I didn't really have a relationship with God back then. I didn't really get such a strong relationship with God until I got to college. That's amazing. That's um, that's really useful. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So, there's a couple of things I've um, I've just taken from that. Is the first one is obviously having hope or faith, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. It doesn't matter what God you believe in. I think just having faith in a better future, in a better circumstance, or an uh, an outcome somewhere in the distant future is going to keep you inspired and I think you touched on it earlier as well when you said Tiana this is bigger than you and I think when you have a purpose that's maybe slightly bigger than yourself that can keep you going as well definitely that's really really important but another thing you touched on there and and I suppose I can relate to it to some degree is when you said that feeling of being alone and I can relate to children in the care system especially within the UK because I feel they do feel that they're alone sometimes and they might not necessarily have that support network. And I assume you obviously had a very good network around you. I know you said you had good social workers, you had a life coach. How was your friends or your extended family within that time as well? Did you have a good community there as well? I had a great relationship with my aunt who served as my foster mom okay. um, through kinship care. I had a great relationship with her and with my grandmother. And I maintained a relationship with my sister. Um, my extended family, they didn't really know too much about what was going on. Um, so I did rely on my relationship with the, with the family that I had in New York. And I relied on a relationship with my therapist as well. You're probably fortunate that you had that relationship there because your network can determine your situation so much if you've got a bad network then obviously you're almost destined for failure I suppose yes yes okay so where you are right now things are obviously going the way that you wanted to you had this dream from a seven-year-old that you wanted to go to Spelman you had a little bit of a wobble in between but where you are right now you've picked yourself back up you're now focused you found God you found this new sense of belief what in this current moment now scares you I'm graduating in 33 days. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what scares me is that I won't be ready 
I'm not prepared to go into this realm and live as an adult and handle everything that comes along with being an adult. That's that's one of my biggest fears right now. I'm kind of I've been on this campus for four years. Mm. And I'm kind of scared. Of course, Spelman is, has prepared me for everything and has given me the lessons that I need to, to go anywhere. But I'm still afraid of what's waiting for me outside of these gates beyond Spelman. Um, and it's crazy because, of course, I planned for this. This is my goal. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to get out of here. I got to graduate. Mm. But at the same time, it's like this next chapter is something that's so unknown. I've been in school my entire life. And I'm leaving and starting somewhere new. I'm starting fresh. I'm just, I'm kind of, that, that's my fear right now, that I'm going to fail. I've been working so hard. <laughs> get here i'm gonna leave the gates of pill that's so interesting that you say that because here you are having this dream as a seven-year-old you're now literally on the cusp of it well you've achieved it you've done it now all of a sudden you've got this new sense of fear and i suppose one that shows your vulnerability which i i think is it's nice that you're you're displaying that because i think whatever transition you go through in life it's an element of growth and you can never really be ready for growth So it is daunting, whether it's getting married, whether it's having a child or whatever that particular circumstance is. But from this very, very short encounter with yourself, let me tell you something. You are a hell of a lot more intelligent than I am. (laughs) I seem to do okay after I graduated. I went to university twice. So I went back to study my social work master's. Again, I had to transition. So your emotional intelligence is fantastic. I think also you have an advantage and you should always remember this is that the life lessons that you've been through even during that short period of time from 14 to 17 to 21 it's built a level of resilience in you that you may not know that you have yet but I am confident that if you continue your faith in God and your spirituality and you keep having these goals to produce these incredible hotels in Trinidad you will be absolutely fine you've got nothing to be afraid of you're very very intelligent thank you so much that means so much hopefully in about six months time I want to get a message from you whether it's on Twitter or Instagram and just tell me how easy it is because I'm sure you're going to fly wherever you go (laughs) thank you so much I will definitely reach out to you and update you about everything absolutely I'm looking forward to it hopefully we can maybe get you back on as well just to kind of see the work that you're doing as well so that would be fantastic as well that sounds like a plan to me absolutely So I suppose we've kind of touched on this next part a little bit. I'm always fascinated by the way people think. And one of the things with myself is I have this crazy thing where I motivate myself by thinking about the worst things that can ever happen. So I call it morbid nightmares. And I will wake up in the morning and I will think of like the worst thing that could possibly happen. And what that does is it kind of shifts my ass into gear to go out there and seize the day and really try and make a difference, try and help as many people as I possibly can and really try and leave nothing to chance. So that's just my kind of thing that keeps me motivated. What kind of things in this current moment right now keep you motivated to go out there and build these hotels and then change the world? So I actually do have like morbid nightmares. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) So I'm not the only one. (laughs) No, you're not. Because I sit and I'm like, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? And I'm like, okay, well, this if I don't get up right now, I'm not going to graduate from Spelman. I'm going to fail this class. I'm not going to get employment after college so maybe i should get up so i kind of use that as a motivation like days where i'm kind of slacking i love and it. i don't know <laughs> like oh should i get out of bed today am i gonna go to this class it's like yes 
Tiana, because if you don't go to this class, then you're going to fail. And if you fail, then you can't graduate. And if you don't graduate, you're letting your whole family down. Mm. And if you let your family down, you're still going to be at Spelman for another semester and somebody has to pay for Spelman for another semester, mm. which is not going to, it's not going to fly with anybody. So I'm like, yeah, let me just get out of bed. But <laughs> I love but it. What keeps, what keeps me going? Yeah. And um, so I have a younger cousin. Her name is Mia. Okay. And she's actually so when I was in kinship care, she was in the house as well. She's my aunt's daughter. Okay. Um, and she's really someone that keeps me going because she's she looks up to me and she's one of my favorite people in the world. Um and. And I'm I'm really excited because she actually might be going to Spelman, but I wow. I look up to her and I see you know this child is so bright and I know that she looks up to me. I know this child is so gre- destined for greatness, mm. and I know I'm not gonna fail her because because I cannot fail her. I have a younger sister too, but my younger sister is she's eight, so she has it's not setting in. Like, of course. Oh, if Tiana doesn't do this, you know he's, he's gonna be a <laughs> yeah. failure. But my younger cousin is 17. And, <laughs> and I, I got I want to be there for her. And I, I want her to continue to look up to me. I want her to to see me and say, you know what, that's Tiana. This is my family. I want her to to go beyond what I'm doing. I want her to be better than me, stronger mm. than me. And and yeah, I just love her so much. I love <laughs> that, that. That's like my reason for going. <laughs> I just love that. So I've got three points I want to touch on just from your answer there. So the first one is, it's nice to know I'm not the only person thinking of morbid nightmares in the morning. So uh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's you and me there. So that, that's fantastic because it does really help. I mean, I suppose some people have a fight or flight response and knowing your personality is probably similar to mine that we have all these kind of morbid nightmares or thoughts and then all of a sudden we fight it as opposed to running away from it. So uh, I think depending on your personality, I'd choose which way to go. The second thing is I'm sure Mia is so proud of you. I'm sure you're a great, great role model to her. So you should be very proud of yourself that you have someone who looks up to you and I'm sure you're doing an incredible job with that. Thank you so much. And the last thing that I really love that you said is there's a brilliant quote and the quote says, um, they want you to do good, but never as good as them, right? And I I get that because I see it so often within like the industry. And I suppose when you go into corporate world or whatever you do in life you're gonna you're gonna see people who will help you up and then the moment they might see you surpassing them they will automatically either switch off or they will they won't help you as much if that makes sense and it's beautiful thing that you want me to be stronger than you to be better than you because that's exactly how I am with my siblings so my siblings are all younger than me and my dream in life is for them to have it all figured out by the time they hit my age today. And I want them all to be financially more secure. I want them to be physically better, mentally better. So uh, it's just lovely to hear somebody say that. And hopefully if Mia hears this back as well, she'll know how important she is to you as well. Yeah, I'm going I'm to send it to her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just don't start crying. I can imagine you getting emotional about it. <laughs> Definitely. No, that's lovely. What we actually do now is we go into a little bit of a fun part of the show. So um, if you're ready, I'm going to literally jump straight into that. Let's go. I'm ready. We're going to start in three, two, one. What did you eat for breakfast? Water. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? 
Yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, the ability to fly or be invisible. Invisible. Your favorite subject at school. English. Money or fame. Money. Your proudest moment. Uh, graduating high school, I guess. <laughs> your favorite food. Crab legs. Netflix or YouTube. Netflix. Your number one goal this year. Graduate school. Favorite TV show ever. Family Guy. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? How. Your favorite hobby. Going outside. Love or money. Love. Books or movies? Movies. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? Barack Obama. Your worst fear as a child? Being forgot somewhere. What is your biggest addiction? My phone. Your favorite place in the world? Out anywhere outside. Speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? All languages. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? I would abolish all of the anti-LGBTQ movements. And finally, your favorite song ever? Um, it's called, it's by the Gat Band. Dang, I okay. Hold on, I know. <laughs> I can sing it. I just don't know the name. It's supposed to be your favorite song. It is. Oh my! It's called Outstanding. Outstanding by the Gap Band. Okay, okay. I've not heard that one, but I've just written it down, so I'll check it out afterwards. It's eight minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll check it out anyway. Okay, brilliant. So back to the interview part. We've got two more questions. I would really want to ask you. So knowing exactly what you know now, Tiana, with all the knowledge and all the wisdom that you've acquired in your short 21 years on this earth, if you could go back to a time, let's use 14 as an example, where things had just started to take a turn, probably for the worst. Knowing what you know now and you could whisper something to a younger Tiana at 14 years old, what would you say? I would tell her to keep fighting, um, keep fighting, keep trying. And I, I gave up for a period of time. So I would, I would stress, don't give up. Just mm. keep going. You know, as, as instead of finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Um, and I would, I would tell her that and I would say it's all worth it. It all works out in the end. You just have to keep going, keep pushing, keep striving. I love it. Just keep swimming, Nemo style. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, sadly, that actually brings us to the last question. And uh, the last question, I, again, I always ask my guests is, if in 150 years time, science fails to save us all, and all that is left is a book, and this book is about Tiana, and it's about your life and everything that you've achieved, all the wonderful hotels and everything amazing that you've done in the world. Firstly, what would the title of the book say? And then secondly, if the person was to turn over to the back, what would it tell us about you? I think the title would be on the other side of adversity or life, not according to plan. Um, and the blurb on the back would kind of, it would talk about, it would talk about my greatness as opposed to all, like everything that I've been through. My struggle would be such a small portion, maybe two sentences, but I really want my story to focus on not what, what I was able to accomplish and who I was able to help and how my plan, my businesses were able to give back and create something in various communities in multiple communities across America. Mm. I don't want it to be this girl was in foster care and mm. she made it out and now this is what she did. I want it to be Tiana Barnwell helped people. Tiana Barnwell came back. She came back. She gave back. And she was she was there. Mm. I don't want my story in foster care to be the main focus of my life. I just love that. I think that's so, so powerful. And I think so many kids from foster care or 
people that have been through so much adversity probably want the same thing. So thank you for sharing that actually, because um, that's what I think the world should have more of. But I think we're also in a society where if you say Tiana Barnwell came from foster care and achieved this, it kind of sells more papers. It gets more retweets. It gets more attention. But I think it's brilliant because just thinking about this episode that we've just recorded now, it's been a very happy, inspiring episode. And I'm, I'm very grateful for you taking that approach as well and, and steering the episode that way, as opposed to we could sit here and we could cry about the year of what it was like going into kinship care, for example. But instead, what you said is, this was a wobble in my life. You reflected on it. You realised this was the person that you wanted to become. The person that Tiana was meant to become is going to strive and do so many more amazing things. And you managed to change that you change your habits, you went to university, you're now graduating. And I just think, I stand here and, and I mean, to be honest, we're, we're complete strangers, but I'm just very, very proud of how far you've come. And uh, once again, I, I think you're going to do amazing things. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on this podcast and, and talk and, and, you know, potentially touch so many people who are in a place where I was. Absolutely. And I think we should all actually take one great lesson from what you've just said is that we shouldn't just look at people for their circumstances or how they're positioned in a family. We should rather look at their greatness that they already have within them. And, yes. I, and I try and do this with my siblings as well because they all have their own unique skills and like talents. And I think you've shared a very, very valuable lesson there. So before I close the show, Tiana, what I want to do is give people an opportunity to maybe interact with you who have followed this story, who resonate with your story to maybe follow you on Instagram, Twitter or whatever other social media platforms that you use. So if you wouldn't mind, could you please share some of your platforms? Yes. So my Instagram is underscore T-I-A-N-A-K-V underscore. And my Twitter handle is um, let me just pull it up. Right okay. Here. My Twitter handle is underscore TKVNGG. It's my Twitter. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. What I will do is actually take the exact addresses and I'll put them into the show notes as well. So people can literally from the episode, click it and then follow you and hopefully engage with you via that. I think also, if you wouldn't mind as well, let's keep in touch because if it's anything to do with real estate, I'm always interested in perhaps investing or being a part of it. And again, if there's any sort of social enterprises or anything you want to do socially, I'd always try and find time to try and make an impact on that as well so certainly please do keep in touch i will i will definitely keep in touch with you um and this it's been an amazing interview (laughs) talking to you has been great especially your random questions yeah (laughs) yeah i thought i always like to try and mix it up but honestly i just want to say once again thank you to you and i want to also thank the listeners at home thanks for listening thank you And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.